Welcome to the Cyber Nation Uncensored Podcast. We welcome all Chumbas, Edge Runners, Vault Dwellers, Wastelanders, Spice Traders, and Space Folders. Thanks for joining us. Please give us a great review and also be sure to join us on both YouTube and Twitch. We'd love to see you on a live stream. Thanks again. See you soon. From the Forlorn Dopes. I am your host, Cyber Smiley. Um, Wisdom zero, zero, zero. And greetings, programs. Yes, greetings, everyone, and welcome to another installment of us rambling on. Uh, this week, for a change, we decided not to interview anybody, um, which I think is, I think we had a great what four episodes straight that that we were able to line up uh some people yeah and more interviews on the way yeah yeah i think um it was really great talking to all those guys it was fantastic but we do need to catch up on some stuff uh so that's what we're gonna do today we're gonna we're gonna play catch up talk about some of the new products that have been released um talk about the media, talk about all sorts of stuff. Yeah, so you want to get started into the media, I think? Um, yeah, let's talk let's talk time. about what's going on in the world of in the in the world of the cyberpunk genre. So, what I heard is they're actually doing a romancer and it's going to be on Apple TV. Uh, yeah, I've heard that as well. It's uh yet to find any fully confirmed but it sounds like it's going to be a definite maybe <laughs> i mean it's been a definite maybe for the last 30 years so True. any any kind of progress forward on a neuromancer adaption is good I'm not too keen on it being on apple tv because i don't have it but yes and that's that's um, that's my vote as well um there, there's just too many streaming services yeah. nowadays. And told by the wife that you know, if we, if you want, if I want Apple, I have to uh, sacrifice one of my other streams. So, yeah, and uh, I don't know. I really hate supporting Apple at all. So, yeah, nah, same here. 
Um, other things. Uh, so there's a series on Prime called Citadel, and we were talking a little bit about that. So I think looking at that with because they have some minor implants and, and kind of high tech. Um, it, it just seems it's, like it's a, a very cyber. I mean, it's adjacent. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's cyberpunk espionage. And I mean, that, that hits all my buttons right there. Yeah, it's uh, it's not very far future, but it's definitely like advanced technology uh, and high stakes, high stakes espionage. Yep. Um, I'm about the uh, fifth or fourth episode in so far. I like the uh, the basic premise is that uh, these these espionage agents who work for some for this group called citadel uh which apparently is like above the cia above any of that uh they have these implants that allow their memories to not only be downloaded but also like temporarily erased to keep them from like spilling the beans if they get captured or anything like that uh, and that's a really cool premise i like that yeah Especially for corporate-controlled assets. Um, yeah, like that is something you could easily slip into your game. Yep. And uh, all these, like there are so many, I, I, over the years I've seen so many cyberpunk scenarios uh, put out there where, you know, you'll wake up in a room and you don't have any memories. Uh, and this seems to really come directly from that concept. Uh, there are just numerous campaigns that people have started that had the, uh, 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 the very same yep. concept, just not, I don't want to say not as thought out as this, but maybe not as uh, explored in this manner before. Right. Um, also, getting back to uh, Neuromancer, there's nothing on their IMDb, so I think reportedly, so I, I think there's just a still still in development type of thing. But Miles Teller is reportedly looking to join the series as Case. I would love to know who they're picking for Molly. Yeah, I mean she's the she's the important one. Really any schmuck can play case. He's not <laughs> he, it's not a very physically demanding role. Whereas Molly Molly is the prototype for badass assassin cyborg chick. I mean, yeah. She laid the groundwork that, you know, allowed us to have characters like uh Major Matoko Kusanagi and you know characters of her ilk yeah yeah there's another thing coming out called the creator um it's from the director uh gareth edwards who did rogue one um supposedly that's coming out next year um, yeah i'm looking forward to that too information so far has been kind of kind of slim but it's it's got a good premise yeah and ken watanabe 
um, they have I, some visuals. I'll, I'll watch that dude read the phone book. He's a phenomenal actor. Well, it looks like they already have a trailer out, so. Oh, I have not seen that. Yeah, here, let me share a link I found. I'm going to put it on disc or not Discord, <laughs> Twitch. Um, but yeah, it looks really interesting. Um, not sure how far in the future it is, but we'll see. Um, there's a couple of other things that kind of floated across my uh, radar that apparently came out before. One is called Artificial Artifice Girl, the Artifice Girl. A team of special agents discover a revolutionary program to bait, trap online predators. After teaming up with the program's troubled developer, they soon find that the AI is rapidly advancing beyond its original purpose. Um, oh, that's that sounds pretty cool. Yeah, I have not heard of that one. That's that it supposedly came out last year, twenty twenty two. But I don't, Lance. Lance Hendrickson, isn't it? Holy shit. I love that dude. And, uh... It must have, like, come out on the stream. I don't know. So there's that. And then there was another thing that I found called Interface. After tragically losing their father, two sisters try to save their estranged mother by tracking down an Interface machine across the multiverse that will allow them to go into her mind and bring her back from a coma. Mm. Um, I think this is a European movie. So I don't think it's been released in America yet. Yeah, I will have to keep my eye out for that one. And That's, that came uh... out last year too. I know the uh Yeah. Uh I mean like certain like really low budget companies are are keep putting out cyberpunk and cyberpunk adjacent stuff. Um but the stuff that comes out of Europe always seems to be you know it, it it's always watchable. It's always a little bit next level and how they present it like the budgets aren't always that great the special effects can be kind of lacking but the stories are usually tipped off well the trailer looks interesting um i mean it looks like it could be very low budget but you know but again depending upon the story you know um yeah <clears throat> Other things that I believe are coming out this year is something called uh, Simulant, which is basically artificial people who are basically uh, robots, right? And it appears that the robots are starting to um, become... The trailer seems like they're infected with a virus that causes them to get away from their normal programming, right? So the Asimov uh, criteria of how pro how robots are programmed right not to do any harm to humans in your action if your action subsequently does harm you know all, all those uh three rules of robots 
or the three laws. Um, so it looks like it's it's kind of that thing uh, in which a, a simulant is being made self-aware. That's supposed to be coming out soon. Uh, the other thing that kind of piqued my interest, and, and I know it's a Disney film, <laughs> and it's definitely a family-oriented film, so how, how can it be cyberpunk it, right? Because you always have that dystopia. But there's a thing called uh, Crater, which it looks like uh, uh, kids <clears throat> who grew up on the moon, and they take like a, a lunar rover to go and explore and it's kind of a little bit of adventure um for me i just want to watch it for inspiration towards my uh high rider campaign right and how sure luna would behave and and get some like you know visuals and other kind of like how how they interpret life on the moon would be i think they're going to get the gravity wrong but that's just me well, they always do. I mean, they always do, with the exception of uh, the expanse. And even then, it, it was it, it was short. Even then, it was <laughs> it was short lived. Uh, it's 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 if you go realistic, you you up the budget, like just to levels that can't be sustained in a in a in a series or a low budget film. Yep. Um, so you've always got to have some kind of excuse as to why they're walking around. Exactly. Oh, one other thing that I came across was, um, cause I was reading up on African futurism, um, mainly yeah. because I want to incorporate that into my high rider campaign. Apparently Idris Elba is working oh, with yeah. Crunchy Roll, and they're mm -hmm. developing a animated series called um, Dantai. I think I'm I'm very it. much looking forward to that. So you heard about it? Yeah, and the art for it looks phenomenal. I have yet um, to see any of the art. I've just seen little bits and pieces, but it's uh, it's definitely high concept. It's I haven't seen any actual motion, so I don't know what the actual quality of the animation is going to be like. Mm -hmm. But the bits of art that I have seen, I mean, they, they look top grade. Uh, definitely, definitely on my on my excited to watch list. Yeah, I mean the the premise, and want to get the actually what the description was but basically it was like a, a biotech uh kind of area where was that blurb they gave a description is it... ah dante is a afrofuturistic sci-fi series set in a city where the rise of biotechnology has created an ever-widening gap between the haves and the have-nots according to country role yeah it's it's definitely something to keep your eyes out for um not to mention i've yet to see idris elba get involved with anything that wasn't worth watching yes 
Plus, I mean, he's going to be the main focus of the uh, Phantom Liberty expansion for 2077. Yeah. So it's all adjacent. Which kind of rolls into that whole uh, subject of when's, yeah. when, when's that coming out. So according to CDPR, they're going to start their campaign of advertisement um, next month. Whether it's going to be a very short campaign, um, I have a feeling it will be because I think they learn from their lessons on <laughs> 2077 for their launch. Um, we can sure hope that don't don't start expectations until you're fully ready to uh, pull the trigger, as it were. Um, yeah, don't don't give us release dates until it's ready to go. But yeah, they tweeted out. Um, I forgot what what card from the game they posted, but basically it was like um, things are coming soon. I'm trying to remember the actual post. I think I pushed it out somewhere. Um, yeah, here it is. <clears throat> I'm just glad that they're. Uh staying on top of putting out information as it happens as opposed to uh throwing out a bunch of stuff that they're promising yes yeah so a week uh, ago they they, they have no way of delivering on their twitter account they posted the wheel of fortune the wheel of fortune means that change is coming one's destiny could turn out to be turn out for the better or the worse yet it's also bears the promise of new possibilities. The wheel reminds us that nobody remains at the top forever. <laughs> there you go. But also, not every situation is hopeless. So that, I mean, just reading that first thing that um, change is coming um, kind yeah, of signifies. Yeah, I mean, to be honest, with Phantom Liberty, I am, I am so very torn. Because on the one hand, I don't want spoilers for it. I got I got too many spoilers for 2077 before it came out. Um, so I'm trying not to watch any, uh, any like, anything that might hint at what to expect about the storyline of the game itself. Yep. I'm trying to avoid that. Um, on the other hand, there are so many, like, story elements that I personally want to see with Phantom Liberty that it, it just it's a constant struggle of do I watch it? No, I don't want to watch it. No, I do want to watch it. No, I don't want to watch it. <laughs> oh, but it's there. Um, I, I, I mean, there are some things that realistically I just know not to expect no matter how much I may want them. Uh, like I really want to, I really want to raid crystal palace. I know that's not going to fucking happen. I, I know that, but man, was that teaser cool at the end of the, the first game and if you haven't if you're listening to this podcast and you haven't made it that far in the game yet sorry it's been out several years and if you chose that ending yeah uh but i mean really if you're playing cyberpunk 2077 you should there's no excuse not to go through all the different endings because the way the game ends off uh you're just there very true. Um, with the exception of the secret ending, but that's that's a whole another kettle of fish. Yeah. Um, 
But I think with even if you don't get Phantom Liberty, they've been talking about a major patch as well, which is supposedly yeah. going to introduce uh, a better uh, police system. Um, they also where talk, they actually face you. Yeah, they talk about um, I think combat with your car, so you can actually shoot from your car. Or that's been needed for a long time. Yeah. So, and, and I think even when they did their quarterly report, it still looked like there was quite a few developers on uh, the base game. So I think there's still going to be a lot of a lot of enhancements to the base game. So even if you don't buy Phantom Liberty, uh, I think there's still going to be things that you can use and, and play with. <laughs> Seeing as they yeah. hired quite a few of the um, mod uh, community developers, yeah. But yeah, speaking of the uh, mod stuff, the the stuff that those guys are coming out with are just it's just been crazy stuff. Um, man, I, I love playing on consoles. I, I do, I do. Um, but holy shit, do I wish I had a machine that could run twenty seventy seven just so I could get the mods just. Hell, just for a flashlight. I just want a flashlight. <laughs> I want to see all the details in the dark. I don't know if... I know someone was working on a flashlight mod, but I don't know if it actually came out. Um, I tell you... I tell you what I have been playing lately, and not to, not to move too far away from 2077, but yep. uh, I've been playing a game called The Ascent lately. And it's uh, it's a it's an isometric view, which I don't really care for, but it's basically gauntlet with guns, where your characters run up and down this giant arcology. Uh, and I, I I'm calling it cyberpunk adjacent because there's aliens, but other than the aliens, I mean, there's you can hook your character up with cybernetics, you can like all sorts of guns, all sorts of groovy stuff. With the exception of the aliens, it's it's pretty damn cyberpunk. Um, I, I Like I said, I don't really tend to go for, for uh, top-down games, but the amount of detail that they've put into this game is mind-blowing. Really? Uh, yeah, there is a camera feature for it, which is kind of weird for an isometric game, you'd think. But the camera basically turns it into a 3D experience. Mm -hmm. And, like, you can, like, clip through walls with the camera and just see that they've added detail, like, for miles out. Uh, like, things that you would normally never, ever get a chance to look at, you can, like, have the camera travel way over there and just check out the detail. and uh, it's, it's utterly mind-blowing. Um, before they put it on console, I know even PC gamers were like talking about how there's just so much going on uh, that it kind of lags up their machines. And you would think like a, a, an isometric view game doing this, <laughs> but yeah, it's it's real. So, um, what's the name of it again? Ascension. It's it, it's called the Ascent. The Ascent. Um, and the soundtrack. The soundtrack sounds like 
I mean, it's it's top quality. It, it sounds very much like something uh, Yoko Kano would do, or uh, who's the guy who did the Akira soundtrack? It, it sounds very much like that, uh, which is a really big claim to make, but you play it and you tell me. Um, it's it's well worth your time. Uh, yeah, play the ascent. It's it, it'll it'll give you a bit of a uh, a fix for your Jones on cyberpunk video gaming for a while until until Phantom Liberty or at least the update comes out. And it's you can play it alone or you can play it with your friends. They can just join your campaign and it's all groovy. It's a cooperative. Uh... Yeah, I like it. Yeah. All right. I will definitely check that out. Yeah, so that I'm looking forward to next month, um, which is coming up quick. So we got three weeks from now until our next episode. So hopefully we'll get some uh, news about what's going on there. Um, yeah. Yeah. Other things in the media. Um so I'm trying to think back. if you've been waiting if you've been waiting for the trades to be released for the cyberpunk comics from Dark Horse uh, I think they've all been released now so you don't have to try and hunt down individual issues you can just pick them up in trade paperback format which is the better way to read them anyway you get that big chunk you get the whole story I'm hoping that um, Dark Horse puts out some more <laughs> Yeah, that's always that's always the dream. But the fact that we got anything at all, it's just the dream. True. Uh, and I think with Phantom Liberty, we'll probably see another resurgence. I hope so. Uh, Edge Runners gave us enough of one. Um, and that's the thing. I'm surprised yeah. they didn't. Dark Horse didn't um, do a a version of of Edge Runners. And in comic book form. Yeah, you would think. I don't know what their relationship to Studio Trigger is necessarily. I know they've. Uh, they're one of the larger, you know, anime importers or manga importers um, up there with like Viz and. But I don't know. You would think some kind of deal would have been worked out uh, where they would have some kind of adaptation for Edge Runners, um, even if it was just like a motion comic where they just take the stills directly from the anime and and add word bubbles. I think I'd go for that. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, but you know. They do them, and hopefully, uh, I would love to see more because all the uh, all the series I think are well worth the money. Yeah, um, 
you never I, 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 I'm never not amazed that I've actually got comics based directly from the franchise in my hands at any given moment. Uh, we've spoken many times about how just like we would daydream back in the 90s about, you know, what a comic or what an anime would look like. And now to have these as a reality, it, it still blows my mind. It will never not blow my mind. Um, that 30 years after a niche system within a niche hobby uh, gets this kind of love after really after the after the franchise had been I mean all but dead uh, like kept on life support by internet content for uh, 10 15 20 years um for it to come back in a way like this just it amazes me uh I, i'm in awe of it oh most definitely um yeah so hopefully we'll see more uh i know there's work on a cyberpunk novel for 2077 um yeah i don't know what's going on if and again, one of the, I think, the issues of doing anything in red or 2020 is the problem of who owns what and how you have to collaborate between the two. Um, but who knows? We, we might see some some novel series from red. I know. But again, I, I don't know if game novels are still as popular as they were back in the, the 90s and early 2000s, you know? Yeah, uh, I mean the heyday, of course. Uh, the the '90s and 2000s with all the you know Forgotten Realm stuff and just all the the giant glut of Dungeons and Dragons novels and and short stories and whatnot that were coming out. Uh, Warhammer had their big giant run, uh, line. Shadowrun Shadow Run had a big line. BattleTech. Um, Battletech, uh, Vampire had some stuff. Um, yeah. It always amazed me that the, the only novels we got were Ravagers and the Hollow Men. Bite Boy and Bite Girl. Well, Painful. you know, I, I think our Talsorian dipped their toe in that pool uh, and. And then dipped right the fuck back out. Yeah, because they lost that toe. Um, like, there's piranhas in that water, and we just threw in a bunch of meat. Yeah. And I, I think there's a difference between how a writer approaches things, right? So with, with Dungeon Dragons, I think the first series was with uh, Dragonlance, right? And that was... <clears throat> that was... Uh, Weisman and Hickman, Hickman Tracy yeah. Hickman and Margaret Weiss. Weiss, yeah. Um, them coming and saying, "Hey, we have a series." Were they the first, or were the Greyhawk books the first? Um, I, I want to say that they were the first. Uh, and I, I Gary might have. Yeah, so you're talking about like Gord and. Yeah, I didn't get into reading the uh, the Dungeons and Dragons based 
novels until basically around 2000 uh when third edition came out and i got back into fantasy after yeah. so gord came out after years of ignoring it five or sorry 85 so that was them and dragonlance probably came out around the same time No, I always preferred the Forgotten Realms. Uh, the Dragonlance books were just kind of... Yeah, Dragonlance was 84. Too high fantasy for me, I guess. Like, Forgotten Realms just seemed a little bit grittier. I'm a Conan fan, so... <laughs> that's going to always... Always tint my bias. <laughs> um, I mean, I grew up reading all the Robert E. Howard stuff, uh, you know, a lot of Fawford and the Grey Mouser by Fritz Lieber and very low magic stuff. So, like, the, the Dragonlance was just too, too on the nose of, like, high fantasy, lots of magic. Not that not, there's not plenty of magic in the Forgotten Realm stuff. It just, for some reason, appealed to me more. Yep. Um, but speaking of the game, uh, our Talsarian, I think we haven't talked about their two last DLCs, the March and April. Uh, no, we have not. We have, we have not talked about this stuff for a while now. Yeah. This... Yeah. Because we started in, <clears throat> into our interviews, um, back in March, March 15th, I think is when we started doing all the interviews. And we just got right into them and didn't really discuss too much um, beforehand. We get excited. Yeah, we did. <laughs> um, it's it's been interesting stuff though. Yep. So the forward. first one is uh, listen up, which was basically uh, GM advice um, on how to run games. Um, I love I love the throwbacks and references to prior material. Yep. And I think that's what they do with a lot of their DLCs was um, giving some throwback to to the old systems. Um, but the advice is just you know uh, how you can improve your game. Uh, things like hey, just you know make it up as you go along, and um, so there's pretty good good advice there. Uh, it would be nice to see like a whole collaboration, uh, collaboration of various people in the in in the scene uh, to contribute to it, like they did with the original "Listen Up, You Primitive Screwheads." Um, to have more than one point of view on how to run things, because I think that's that's kind of the key. If you, if you only have one voice. Um, telling you what to do, oftentimes people will, will get attracted to that one voice and not go through and, and experience other ideas and, and how to think about how you create your game or how you how you do your play. Um, and not all of them are right, and not of all all of them are wrong. Um, so, I think multiple voices is always a good thing when it comes for advice. I agree. I agree wholeheartedly. Don't yeah. don't put all your eggs in one basket. The other thing 
that uh, Artel Sarian did was uh, April, which was basically, um, and, and I think, I don't know if it's tongue-in-cheek um, or, or they're kind of poking fun at themselves on how red is a little video game-ish or how um, tabletop RPGs have become kind of video game-ish in which you get uh, achievements and loot um <laughs> giving you giving you loot boxes for your tabletop game yeah that's, that's what that's what the april dlc is so um, i mean it makes sense that they're doing this now it's i mean if you're gonna drop something in april it might as well be something a little goofy like this yep uh, <laughs> and i just love the cover the cover with the um scout sash the, with all the badges yeah the the girl scout sash that's Screaming cyborg with his with his merit badges. It's uh. Um, the other thing that Altar Sharian has been putting out of late is um, some sneak peeks into Danger Gal dossier. Um, I when I read that Dave Ackerman is actually a contributor, um, I was happy. <laughs> Absolutely. And that they got an old school um big fan today. Yep. Um I thought it was also cool that they had Nora Ibrahim. Ibrahim. Um she was mm-hmm. yeah. Something. She was a part of uh Christ, I forgot the name of it. The the Mike Pondsmith for Gary Con um with um Matt. Wow, my Brain is going blank. It's gonna say I don't do the content. Serial so killer. Yeah. So so Mike Pondsmith ran a, a oh. kind of a celebrity game with uh, serial yeah, killer yeah. Matt. You you uh, know him if you see him. He was in Scream, the original Scream. He was in. Uh, he he played yeah he played serial, serial killer, killer on Hacker. Hacker Matthew Lillard. Yes. Matthew um, Lillard. Yes. Uh, Luke Gygax was in it. Um, uh, a few other uh, people in the industry um, were in it, but yeah, she like she was about miniatures game. for this game, like so you can get Matthew Lillard's character from yeah. Yep. So she was in this like game, are... and she's a contributor to this. Um, I actually been. F- watching some uh episodes over on glass cannon with her in it um there's a cthulhu series that they do that is uh it's pretty funny and well i shouldn't say funny it's it's entertaining um it's definitely has some funniness to it um if you've ever played call of cthulhu it's definitely something you guys should anyone should check out um yeah and just um it's it's pretty good and then you have um i know melissa wong uh she's been a contributor and it's done other things so it's nice to see her involved um and the other name i think is miss magic it's mag magitech um she's also a streamer who's done a few things uh, for the game, so it's nice to see uh, 
all these different contributors uh, involved with it. Yeah. Uh, you know, bring in new blood, bring in old blood, just mix it all together and let's see what we can get. Um, anything that grows the, the franchise and keeps the tabletop game alive, I'm all for. And anytime that uh, they get these highly talented people working on it, it, it is always going to come across as it's always going to be a, a worthwhile product. So hopefully uh, it's going to be coming out soon. I believe. Yeah. A few, uh, a few months late, old. but it is what it is. You know, in, in this day and age at my, especially at my age, I, I don't, as long as it comes out eventually, I'm happy. I, yep. It doesn't. It doesn't need to be a quick, speedy thing. Uh, I can appreciate a wait. Let it age a little bit, like like fine wine or cheese. Yeah, but we're, we're in the digital age. Everything is immediate now. Give me, give me, give me, give me. Satisfy it's, my yeah, my thirst immediately. So it's very hard to wait. Um, but yeah, I think the next thing from what we, we talked with, uh, James was, uh, the, uh, Cyberpunk, uh, 2077 or the Edge Runners supplement, which, yeah, they're still being super tight lipped about that. They are, um, so I don't know how public that is, but um, I have a feeling that there's probably going to be some things at Gen Con around that. Um, oh, I would, I would very much assume so, which is why I'm jealous of of you getting to go. But uh, yeah, to me that that would make the most sense is to announce new stuff at Gen Con. That's yeah, typically the way things are done. Um, I was actually kind of surprised that they didn't announce it like the day after they were on, uh, like on our show. Cause that also seems to be uh, the way things are done sometimes. Yeah. And, uh, so that's coming in when James Hutt was on the show and then like, can't talk about it. And then the next day, big <laughs> announcement. well, again, it's all about dates and, and lining up oh, yeah. things. So, oh yeah. Not upset about it at all. Just, uh, <laughs> We like, we gotta you, say hey, give us hints. After the show. Yeah, give us hints. Any any juicy <laughs> gossip. Um. But yeah, so I'm actually gonna be at Gen Con. Uh, I will be running games for Alto Sarian. Um. So if you're going to it, uh, I will be there. Also, Rob from uh, Cyberpunk Nation Uncensored, he'll be there too. Um, and a few others, so we might be doing some type of um, meetup uh, at there. Uh, just hang out, chill out, uh, talk about cyberpunk, talk about whatever. Maybe get a drink or two. We'll see. But yeah, I'm lo- really looking forward to it. Um, me and three other guys that I know, we're all going to cram into a car and drive out there and... Uh, hang out and uh sounds pretty awesome yeah i haven't been in 
at least 20 years because I went when it was in Milwaukee. So I haven't been <clears throat> since it, we moved to Indianapolis. And when I was in Milwaukee, I had a pretty good time. Although, make that, sure to take lots of pictures. I'll try to remember. <laughs> I'm not a great <laughs> picture taker. That's the only problem. Yeah. Well, at least get pictures of whatever our Talsorian's doing. So, uh, we can share that with our audience here. Yep. Um, also, oh, so... uh, on. Go ahead. Uh, further news. Um, the uh, Combat Zone uh, board game is, or com uh, miniatures game is uh, finally getting ready to ship. So everybody who joined in on the Kickstarter of that. Um, I don't think get, it's get not getting ready to ship. I think it has been loaded onto a boat. Um, well, yeah, it, it's been, it, the, the manufacturers are shipping it to, uh, what's the name of the company? Uh, anyway, they're shipping it to the company who will then be shipping it out from yep. there. Uh, so. so stage one shipping is done and we're just waiting for them to. Yeah, it's in the final stages. We can see the finish line. We're going to get our product and it looks beautiful. They've, they've shared images. They've uh, I've actually been pretty impressed. It's the only thing I've ever kickstarted before and they've been. They've been fairly good about keeping us updated on what's going on. Yeah. Um, compared to Gangs of Night City, I haven't seen... Maybe they put out an update, but I haven't seen any updates of late. Um, yeah. I haven't heard anything about that at all, but... Yeah, so It just seems to kind of Last update they did was April 28th. Oh, I guess that's not too long ago. It's so it looks like they're still <clears throat> they're still coming up with design and and graphics. So I have a feeling it's going to be a little Monster while. Fight Club. Yeah, Monster Fight Club is that was Combat Zone. That was the name of that's the name of the Combat Zone um, creators cool. there. And for the Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven Gangs of Night City, uh, that is Cool Minis or not. Um, I'm surprised it's taking them so long because they've done many campaigns before. Um, it just seems like they're they're dragging their feet on this one. You know, plastic bits take time. True, and <laughs> I think with their with the release, they hit a lot of benchmarks that um, they weren't prepared to hit. <laughs> but it definitely looks I mean, great from miniatures. Um, so the miniatures are big enough to that you could probably use on your tabletop with um, with regular tabletop RPG. So, um, anything else around the community? Uh, I think that about covers it media wise. Okay. Um, I'm not aware of anything popping up that we haven't covered uh, i'm sure there is i'm sure as soon as the show ends i will get hit with just a flood of why didn't i mention this but for right. now that's all i can think of right um if you want to continue talking i just gotta step out i hear one of my cats 
having problems <laughs> and I need to oh, uh, go take care of the kitty. Yeah. I will uh, continue ranting. Right. I'll be right back. Sorry um, that. Nothing's promised. Nothing is uh, set in stone yet, but we are talking to several people for more interviews, uh, including, uh, well, I, I, I probably shouldn't mention any names because that's, that's some, uh, counting chickens before they're hatched situations, but we're, we're trying to get people. We're, uh, ah, oh, hell, I don't care. Um, we're, tr I'm trying to line up interviews with, uh, Thaddeus Howes, uh, Mike Jackson, uh, Craig Sheely. Um, I'm trying to get all these people. Um, if, uh, if anybody out there has any lines uh, or anybody that they want to see us interview, um, please let us know. I'm definitely, uh, we're definitely trying to get, work our way up the ladder to Mike Pondsmith uh, as well as Lisa. That's just kind of a pipe dream at the moment, but we're trying to get there. Um, yeah. Uh, I think eventually we're going to start interviewing uh, some of the old school cyberpunk website masters. Uh, just show them a little love. I'd like to get uh, maybe Chris Conkle on here or uh, um, damn, my brain is, is completely clouding over. Uh, the website master, yeah, Mortimer. Um, uh, the guy behind uh, Tulsa 2020. Oh yeah, Night Nightflyer. Nightflyer. That's my brain was just turning to mush, in absence of anything else going. Um, yeah, uh, and maybe eventually we can like start trying to talk to some of the the modders for 2077. Like I don't know any of them, but. Uh, Cyber Smiley does. Uh, I can definitely reach out to someone and find out. So yeah, yeah. so uh, expect more interviews. Uh, we're always trying to give love to people who have who deserve the love, but have not been uh, not been focused on quite as much. Um, interviewing some people who need to be interviewed. We need to hear their stories. Most definitely. Right, so um, kind of did quite a bit of catch-up. Um, so tonight we were going to actually do a little bit of our first take on Black Chrome. Uh, oh. And discuss a little bit about our, our takes <laughs> on the new stuff. Um, how we feel about it, whether we like it. Uh, right, this up front. I mean, I know I'm still primarily a 2020 player. Um, I ha I do have Black Chrome, um, but it's it, expect my opinion as always to be flavored from a 2020 standpoint, as opposed to you know somebody plays who is now playing primarily in in red based campaign. Yep. Just just a little just a little warning up. And like I said during the interview with um, James is. I seem to always 
almost start either being a player or running it and something always seems to happen in which I don't get to sink my teeth into it um, because my my players right now are very hardcore 2020 um, players so it's very hard to get them into it but I'm, I'm, I'm working on it <laughs> as it were the other problem is I also play Call of Cthulhu, Traveler. Um, there's another role-playing game I'm playing at, this, at now, too. Um, and some wargaming on, on the weekend, so... <clears throat> it's kind of tough to, to juggle in and get the players to uh, come to a consensus. Um, they have not announced any release dates uh, for 2077s yet. Um, yeah, Craig Horst has this question. Yeah. Um, it would be nice to see it in August. I mean, that's my that's, that's my birth month. Um, and seeing it come out on the on the anniversary of the tabletop games canon for you know the Arasaka incident. That, that would be awesome, but there has been no official word of any kind as to when the update might be. It is, I mean, they are talking about starting the push for it next month, so it's a possibility. It is definitely not outside the realm of things to happen. Um, but we're just all going to have to wait and see on that. They're, they're still being tight-lipped. We're still waiting on, as, as we said earlier in the show, we're still waiting on the uh, on the next big update uh, patch to come out, uh, which should happen before Phantom Liberty drops. So, yeah, I have a feeling um, that if you get the patch within the next few weeks, you'll be seeing the expansion hitting the shelves. Um. But yeah, yeah, yeah. As we said earlier, like CDPR learned their lesson. Uh, it, it appears, and they're not, they're not releasing any kind of, re they're not dropping any kind of release date. Uh, it appears until they're sure that it can drop then, and, and then it's ready. I wouldn't be surprised if they do do a release date of August twentieth, twenty twenty three, just because of how how their delivery has gone so far, right? So they originally yeah. announced the, or basically what they put out was the advertisement for hiring um, developers uh, back in 2013, and then they released the game in 2020. Um, granted, they should have waited, but I think they wanted it to go 2020 because they wanted to basically pay Mike his respects, you know? Yeah, coincide with Cyberpunk 2020. Um, so it's not, it's it's definitely not outside the realm of possibility. Uh, I would imagine one or the other will probably drop in August. Um, just because, yeah, they, they tend to take advantage of these dates. Yep. So getting into Black Chrome. So uh, the layout is... Kind of similar to the old Chromes, right? In, in which they tried to present it as like an in-game 
catalog to shop from. Um, yeah. Their concept here was specifically as a mobile app uh, in which you start digging into and finding the gear. Um, and, and there's a lot of lore behind this, right, in which you go to a night market and the app is already set up and tells you where to go to find your stuff in the market uh, and how much it's going to cost, etc. So... Uh, the sections we have are apps, cyberware, fashion and armor, general goods, linear frames, which is interesting that they put linear frames as one whole topic, uh, vehicles and weapons. So those are the categories. Um, and then towards the end, there's an extra bit on economics, night yeah. markets, and uh, black chrome lists. Like... Um, Overall, the book is, is laid out fairly well. Yes. Uh, I like, I like again, that, like you said, it's, it's, it goes back to it being a catalog. Uh, laid out like a, uh, a Sears wish book for, for the cyberpunk age. Yep. And as um, Jay Gray has pointed out, if you scroll through the pages, you, you continue to see the battery dying <laughs> as it were yeah which is a nice little touch it's a nice little touch yeah. yeah it reminds me of like the 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 computerized uh, like when they tried to set it up as screen sheets for some of the old supplements yep uh it, it very much falls along with yeah so we get into apps. Um, the first app that they present is uh, Digital Gladiator, which looks like it's a computer game. So it has um, no necessary... Well, it kind of has some game mechanics around it in that, you know, you can cause damage to somebody um, if you play them uh, with this game. Yeah, it's... It's falling along the lines of elf lines. They're 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 pushing. I like the push for like entertainment options in the cyberpunk world. Like that just that is a dose of of lore off to the side that just it makes the world seem more alive, Jimmy. Um, because you can't be fighting people all the time. You can't. It can't always be serious. People got to get their downtime. They got to play their video. You also have an app called uh, Fortify. Uh, I think that's supposed to be Fortify. Fortify. Nah, yeah. There you go. <laughs> um. Yeah, it's uh... A little app to help you crack a safe, as it were, or a door, or any type of structure, which is an interesting app. Now, now I like the little blurb afterwards where it's like, this app is absolutely useless for its intended purposes, but if you spend five minutes scanning a section, you do gain a plus 1d6 to damage done against it. Like, that's that's a nice touch, like... It's junkware that they've included in the game, but it still has a purpose. Um, which is, yeah, I, it's these little things that I love. I'm surprised that they didn't make this into 
like an MU of costs to installing your agent. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that would make sense, but at the same time, I think they're with these apps, they're not necessarily net running tools per se, as much as they are just like phone apps that, mm. you know, you can pull out like the next one, the NCPD crime database. Uh, now you can like search, you know, through facial recognition, through name, you just have access to that, to that resource, which I don't know if I would necessarily let my players have that so easily, but uh, it definitely is is something that's there. And I guess in you know today's world, uh, these records—I mean, it's all public records anyway. So yep. yeah, there are enough real-world anal uh, analogous programs out there and websites and whatnot. To let you access, you know, criminal databases and credit scores and all that. That yeah, it makes sense to have it in the game, and it makes sense to have it here. I'm glad yeah. that they put something down. Then we have the uh, trauma team med scan. Um, so. In, in in the days of Teladoc, this makes perfect sense. But the idea that you just take a picture of your wound and send it to a doctor and they tell you what to do. I, I, I don't know how useful that would be in the field. <laughs> yeah, that's a great big gaping hole in your leg there. You should, you should probably wrap something around. <laughs> well, to me, it should like include that you have a, a biomonitor, right? Um, that would give, help. Give the statistics and, and the information about your current health. And of course, um, uh, go ahead. I was going to say, uh, it moves from there to the Ziggurat City database. Um, this is. It's basically your tourist info. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's Google Street Maps mixed with your basic tourist information center, um, which is a good thing to have. Uh, I've, I've handled very similar things in the past in my games with, uh, you know, local information data chips and whatnot. So it's, it, it's good that it's here. Uh, everybody needs a readily accessible... Uh, information guide for the local area. Yep. Uh, and then we get into... Like all these apps... Are, yeah. I was just going to say, all these apps are really simple concepts that, uh, you know, you look at them and like, yeah, that's obvious. But how many how many times in our games have we looked at something outside the game that was obvious but never thought to include it in a game? So I like this section. Or even take um, today's apps and... Um... Or, or today's functionalities that you always have in your hand, how do you translate that into game mechanics? Uh, which is always <clears throat> an issue, I think, for some people to like do that conversion, right? Whether or not to get well, I mean, too much of a bonus or not enough bonus. I remember reading in several of the books where, you know, there are certain sections of Night City that because they change so often due to 
you know, damage or just constant construction that they're unmappable. But with these apps and user supported content, those the these maps would be they would either be on top, like tip top, you can totally reliable, or if you think about it like Wikipedia and then being user supported, it could very easily lead into traps. Like people, uh, nefarious groups get on there, create routes that lead you directly into whatever uh, spider web of, of deceit and treachery that they've got set up for you. Yep. It's, I like this app. I, I, I see multiple or just a myriad of role-playing possibilities there. Yep. So then we get into uh, Cyberware section. Um, I don't want to be a bad person, but the one thing I kind of dislike about this section is that they put kind of all the cyberware into um, like the Da Vinci's Man um, kind yeah. of illustration and not show each individual piece in the various sections like they've done with uh, previous crumbs, right? To understand, okay, this yeah. is what this looks like. Um, <laughs> instead, you have to it's, look, uh... at, look at the diagram, look at the number, look it up on the, their chart to figure out, okay, that's what that looks like. And then go down a few pages and, and find that piece of uh of tech to kind of go back and forth between what it looks like and, and what you're reading about you know yeah I, I get what they're going for here i i like the concept of it but it is it is one of the more difficult sections of the book to navigate in terms of you know matching getting the mental image for the specific piece of of tech that you're looking for um, the things I do like is, you know, they, they upgraded a lot of the 2020 cyberware, uh, and bringing oh, that yeah. in, uh, also the whole concept of discounted and budgeted types of cyberware, which the old system did have, uh, I think in Chrome three, when it had the retrograde. Yeah. Um, but, but this, the... Go ahead. I was going to say, uh, Mike Van Atta, uh, regular of the uh, View from the Edge forums, created uh, two documents for like retro cyberware and uh, cheap FB, cheap full board conversions that really went into this. Uh, plus, they gave new rules for you know, cybernetics and how humanity loss is affected and uh, various, you know, quality grades. Like, it's a really fantastic uh, website article. You can find it on Data Fortress. But uh, the only problem with all that was, was uh, cybernetics had only been around for like 10, 15 years, really. So there wasn't a lot of legacy to cybernetics yet. Mm. Now in the 2040s, there's a ton of legacy. Yep. 
so this really makes a lot of sense. Yes, most definitely. Um, so let's get into it. So the first item is uh, the budget cyberware socket, which reading its description as well as uh, the game mechanics, um, it's pretty funny <laughs> that if it takes or if you get hit in the head, that the chips can come flying out at like 30 meters, which is like 90 feet. Um, which is a crazy distance. That's you know, yeah, a third of a football field. <laughs> of this thing getting jettisoned out. Um, but I mean, are they spring loaded? What the hell's going on here? <laughs> well, you know, you have that little, you know, how how uh, was it the SD SD cards, and how they work, and what you click it and then click sure. it again to pop it out. But I mean, like. That distance is better than most Nerf guns get. So I'm going to load up my chipware socket with Nerf darts. Hell, not Nerf darts, real darts with uh, neurotoxin on You know, that's actually a really good idea. It's That's living on the street, buddy. That is... Yeah. That is high-tech, low-life right there. You find a purpose. Um... The next piece is uh, Borg hardened shielding. Um, so there's there's quite a bit of um, pieces of shielding uh, throughout scattered throughout this. Um, so it's nice to see. It's interesting that they take the approach of each piece, um, and each piece yeah. taking a slot. So, uh, well, I mean, that... EMPs and microwavers. And just electrical damage are so devastating to cyberware in 2020 that it's it's nice that it, it gets this level of attention in in red. Yep. Plus, with the whole, I don't want to call, I don't want to say, as we mentioned earlier, some of these red is highly influenced by the video game. Uh, where you can hack individual cybernetics and stuff like that. Um, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see the the supplement for or the expansion for um, Edge Runner supplement um, in twenty seventy seven. I'm I'm very much I'm very much looking forward to see how they handle quick hacks. Mm. Uh, and you know, hacking individuals. That's like in 2020, most of the stuff wasn't, you know, connected to anything other than maybe your Times Square marquee. Yeah. Uh, so in red, it's it's a much more connected world uh, as a as a as far as cybernetics goes. So. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry for for sidetracking, but um, I'm watching the the video playback of of the montage I created for while we were talking and um i'm just realizing how well they did a cigarette in cyberpunk 2077 with the smoke yeah it, it looks good anyways um back to uh black i Pearl. like the smoke follows the cigarette as it moves well it follows it and also dissipates like a real cigarette does 
Um, yeah. So you don't necessarily, you know, you only see the smoke when it's at rest, as it were. But I just amazed that that they took that amount of detail as opposed to just having smoke constantly coming out of it. Um, kudos, developers! You actually studied uh, how how people smoke, or <laughs> how some people smoke, because I think that fad is going away. Um, so we get into discounted uh, cyber audio. Um, <clears throat> again, it just looks like it just reduces how much how much you can can have, and and to me, it, it seems like it takes a little bit of a was that the the Soviet wear from 2020, in which it's big yeah, and blocky? Just some budget stuff. Yep. Um, then you have the modular finger cyber hand. I thought this was quite interesting in that you can get up to eight cyber fingers. Um, I've actually watched a couple videos in which they create a augmented finger for your hand like an opposable thumb an additional thumb um and people trying to learn how to use it and it's weird that how quickly the human mind can adjust to pick that skill up as it were um but then again you also have the uh the limitation of how many fingers you can really have on a hand to make it functional yeah, I mean, Dy modular cyber fingers from Dynalar were part of the 2020 stuff. Uh, it's nice to see that make a comeback, but yeah, the additional uh, fingers and thumbs—it's it's nice to see options like this. Yes, I actually watched again. Uh, I good. I, I don't know what kind of benefit having eight fingers would do for you. Two thumbs, I can see. Two thumbs, that makes sense. Eight fingers, just like... I don't know. seems like it would kind of get in the way. Although, for a professional masseuse, that would probably be a big tip earner right there. Well, there's a family, and I forget which country they're from. Spain, Portugal, Brazil. Oh, where, they, where they're all polydactyl. Yeah, and... they all have six fingers. Yeah. Um, and it's not like, you know... I mean, it happens. Yeah, and it's not like they have a malformed finger. It's a fully mm -hmm. fleshed out finger, and it looks like a normal hand. Like, um, full functional, just has an yeah. extra finger. The, the the palm is a little bit wider, that's all. Yeah. So, um, and it was interesting hearing them talk about it. It's just like, yeah, why, 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 aren't, why aren't all humans having six fingers? But yeah, so the the cyber fingers definitely love to see how how they brought that back into the fold. Um, I could really see this being useful for musicians. Yep. Well, just because you have individual fingers and you know cyberpunk with the individual fingers, you always ran out of. I only got five. Now you can get you know up to eight per hand, so that's sixteen. Yeah, your uh, your cyber options, and plus they're all on. You can put them all on quick change mounts, so you can just have a belt full of fingers. Most definitely. 
and always carry the the was it the laser finger or the pistol finger or the dart finger carry a bunch of those so you can reload yeah always got to have a cyber uh a uh thumb lighter you always have to have a thumb lighter that's the coolest piece of cyberware in the books yep so they also have a explicit memory simulator uh which helps with concentration rolls when it comes to memory which i kind of like uh it's definitely something i would see my characters trying to pick up just because how oh, in real life i have a, a shitty memory at times <laughs> And we'll oh yeah, to have this. Yeah, it, it it also gives GMs and players like the the GM knows the player has this information, but the player may not remember it. Yep. So you can just say, "Throw me a concentration check," and you know I'll share that information with you. And this makes that a little bit easier. Another throwback to 2020 is the extra joints Cyberlin upgrade. Yeah. So you can become a contortionist. Uh, the next piece is a particular cyberware I'm kind of fond of, which is the flash bulb. Um, I've used it. Yeah, that was a Chromebook One. I mean, it's I nice. Again, it's nice to see this old stuff make a comeback. Yep. I just loved it because of not many players usually had uh, cyber optics and. They would either go in particular the anti dazzle option, like exactly. So, just to always have something to use against the players that point to a weakness, um, because one of the other problems with a lot of especially with 2020 was the you know the SP creep, right? In which bullets really didn't do anything. So you always look for alternatives to show that the players, no matter what you do, <laughs> there's always a weakness that I can poke at and basically lay you down. Um, yeah. And I think a lot of, especially new GMs, will always turn to, well, I just got to get bigger guns. No. There's other ways in which you can screw with your players and teach them that doesn't matter how much armor you have stuff can still affect you and lay you low very quickly with little or no effort so moving along you have another piece of hardening uh, specifically for your eyes um uh, we've already hit the seven uh, uh the hour and 18 minute mark on this do we do we want to break this up into two or do we just want to pick like some highlights i don't know what do you want what do you feel like do because i think with the weapons there's quite a bit of weaponry that we can yeah <laughs> discuss i think maybe we should probably part. uh if, if we do a two-part, I don't know when we're going to get back to it, um, depending on uh, who true. we get lined up. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So let's uh, let's hit the highlights then. Yeah, let's let's hit the highlights. All right. So, any other cyberware that you uh, liked? 
Or I, uh, at you? I mean, there is. Um, I like the reflex coprocessor. Yes. Yes, definitely. And uh, I can see a lot of players taking that. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't... On the surface, it doesn't really seem to do much. But... Uh, I mean, with Cyberpunk Red, it lets you dodge bullets, yep. basically. Without um, the, the need of the stat. Now, I mean, I'll, I'll say it out loud. I think dodging bullets is kind of silly. But with the direction Red is gone, it makes perfect sense with... In that context, it makes perfect sense. Like, in 2020, it's not something I would ever allow. But in Red, yeah, that's it's just part of the game. Um, I like the Racer Bracer. Uh, you can't, you can't get whiplash while wearing it from car accidents and whatnot. I like that. Like, if you're a driver, that makes perfect sense. And as you're a Nomad fan, I'm sure you, <laughs> that says some, uh, some reliability like uh, Yeah. I like the trauma response and nanomatrix a lot. Um, it's just an internal cybernetic device, uh, uh, basically a cache of nanites that repair your, your skin weave or your uh, subdermal armor. Uh... I, that's, again, it's not necessarily something that would work with uh, in the manner it does. It's not something that would necessarily work with 2020, but in red, it makes perfect sense. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I liked the, um, the re reflex co-processor because I can see a lot of players using that. And I definitely, I know I would, um, as for the other stuff, to me, I, I just love the fingers because I used to <laughs> look at Chrome 2 and just figure out what, what were the oh, best yeah. fingers. Um, and the whole quick change amount, you know, you can have that one-shot special uh, and just quickly flip it out and yeah. use it as, like, kind of ammo. Um, I, like, I like the CG art of the Cyber Fingers, the... the... Yes. Eight-digit cyber hands. Um, it's 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 very like old-school budgeted-looking cyberware. Like the, I don't know if you ever had one of those cyber hand toys that like they were like grabber toys. Yes. Uh, it, it reminds me of that. But uh, yeah, it's nice having a visual representation of anything. Um, yeah, so that's about it for cyber, um, fashion and armor. There's quite a bit of pieces. Um, mostly they're just outfits, uh, and granted, you know, I know a few of my players have complained about the 2020 system with fashion wear and how kind of, uh, Chrome 4 really changed the scene. Um, 
and I have, oh my with, god, so many players. Like with layered armor and whatnot? Well, the layered armor, you got like, you know, um, no, specifically like the, the what they can armor, right? Like a, a headscarf that's, you know, SP-18 or some craziness. It's like, a headscarf oh, is not, like, <laughs> well, the, no, no, it, it got, it was at least you could get to a 12. Um, which is basically you can prevent a nine millimeter from hurting you, <laughs> which. Got yeah. I mean, at that point, it's not really a scarf. It's just, it's just a metal plate with a fucking like sewed onto a bandana basically. Yeah. And basically it's, it's, it got to the point where, you know, especially power, power gamers, um, oh, yeah. would just use the system to basically make themselves invulnerable. Uh, so oftentimes I would have to pull out the other tricks like the flash bulb or a vault pistol that ignores all armor um, and telling him, yep, this is, this is what you're going to get. <laughs> you think you can armor yourself up? Go ahead, spend so many thousands of EB on, on your armor. Guess what? I am going to wreck you. Um, yeah, but they still don't There's learn the lesson, <laughs> you know. No, they never do. So, um, as for the 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 armor and um, black chrome, um, I would say nothing really jumps out as spectacular to me. Uh, I like the fluff around each of them, um, particularly with the earlier versions of the chrome books, right? In which they had Gibson battle gear, um, the Tanaka corporate wear um new tech uh i like that uh that v's coat makes <laughs> makes the cut is included in the game yes um and even the netrunner uh suit makes the cut yeah uh i mean it's fashion yep at the end of the of the day most people aren't going to focus too heavily on what people are wearing because while while style over function is a, a part of the theme of the game in reality in most people's games it's gonna functions definitely gonna take the front seat mm -hmm. um, but it's nice to have these to work with as you know guidelines and move from there uh i i like fashion in games i like i like representations yep so yeah this works yep um then we get into the gear uh there's quite a few pieces for your rocker um guitar some speakers uh, a mic <clears throat> which kind of helps i think you know, definitely shows, and 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 the Chromebooks used to have little pieces for each class, as it were. Uh, I really like that they brought the Drink Master back. <laughs> I love the Drink Master. I want one of those in my house. Yeah, um, the the Jeeves garment bag, uh, which it does the nice cleaning of your your fashion. And your accessories, um, I could definitely yeah, have... stuff like this that has no no real in-game benefit, but 
you know that if it really existed, you'd love this shit. You, you, every closet would have one of these. You also have the security dog, uh, a bunch of uh, survival stuff, which I think is geared towards the nomads. Yeah. Um, I like the street case, uh, which is basically like your typical James Bond style briefcase, just loaded down with goodies. Yeah. Um, and then in, in the second section, you have linear frames, uh, similar to Cyberpunk 2020. It's nice that they actually put uh, graphics to it and what it, <clears throat> each level of linear frame kind of would look like uh, and how it would be compared to the previous version like the ultra one is uh the elf4 nt that looks like a beast yeah i mean i i very much like the way they did this uh where it really is just like everybody seems to think that these are something you could implant under your skin and you can't you can't put in a linear frame under your skin it's it is very much the uh the elysium style uh exterior exosuit that you just happen to jack into as well yep and you're right the uh the the EL4NT is is a, is a monster. It is it's not quite as big as the as the power loader from Aliens, but mm. it's very much inspired. Oh, there's I think they're starting to get close towards power uh ACPAs. Yeah. Uh it, it, James wouldn't <laughs> commit to that but it definitely seems that they're they're gearing up for the reintroduction of of acpa and full conversions yep so then we get into vehicles um there's a few pieces or sorry a few vehicles that are kind of a throwback to the 2020s uh first you have a bunch of uh air vehicles which are mostly uh helicopters in the beginning and then a bunch of avs yeah um the, AV... the only problem i have with these avs is uh they're too boxy in my opinion they're they're too boxy and like the zeta tech destination yeah. I don't know how that's supposed to work. I don't know how that's supposed to stay aloft. <laughs> well, how are AVs uh, supposed to stay aloft? I mean, it's vector thrust, and you can see the the thrust nozzles from it, but I don't know. They're calling it a, an AV4, but it's really, like, these are AV7s. Like, personal yeah. use aerodynes are definitely in the AV7 category. Uh, yeah, AV fours are your big boxy minivan things. Yeah, that you can turn into whatever you need to. Um, the I don't know how to present that. Heracles. 
Heracles. Heracles. Yeah, yeah. it's Heracles. That looks like that to move. Yeah, that that's a beast, and it 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 very much is influenced by the video game AVs. Yep. Um. It's it's really badass looking. I like it. Yeah, I remember um, a documentary on some of the uh, car designers, right? Like the people who did Lamborghinis, Ferraris, and most of the concepts from those designers is... And again, I think um, Elon Musk with his Tesla <laughs> truck kind of took those ideas and, and brought it to a different approach, but... Most of the times, they they the designers would take a look at nature, and nature does not have straight lines, right? No. And making those curves, and a lot of them took inspiration from like sharks and and like aquatic uh, animals as an inspiration on how to turn their vehicles into this you know sleek looking. Uh, gorgeous piece of machinery as it were um but yeah this some of these designs i don't see that kind of concept that the or car designers <coughs> started the, the approaching box look is really it's very industrial it's yeah. very no frills uh, yeah kind of like a, was it the brutal architecture yeah and uh, that that Cybertruck from Tesla definitely definitely uh, is an inspiration to a lot of this stuff. I think. Yep. But also like Russian, yeah, like the Russian brutalist designs. Um, so you get into the yeah, land so... vehicles. Uh, you definitely see a lot of the inspiration from twenty seventy seven uh, with some of these yeah. vehicles. I love the Grundy with the uh, plow in the front. Definitely a Nomad car. I, yeah. Yeah, the Grundy is badass. Um, it's, uh, I like that the plow uh, has the, the lift mechanism on it. Uh, so when you're driving around off-road, you can get it out of your way. Um, but then when you need it, it's there. Yep. I'd like to see what it looked like, what it looks like in the raised position. But... Yeah. So there's a bunch of different bikes, a bunch of different cars and vehicles. Um, I like that they included the mega hauler. Uh, if you're looking to do a long distance campaign, uh, the one item that really kind of stood out as kind of unique that presenting in red is the jet boy uh hoverboard kind of reminds yeah. me of like the green goblin the mega hauler is basically the ramp truck uh the phantom wedge from cyberpunk or not Cyberpunk from grand theft auto or that that truck that uh the mythbusters crew built up to uh just basically run through anything it's got that giant plow on the front it's it's a monster but the 
the sky or the skyboard is is super bad. It's it's very much like Green Goblin's thing. It's, it's a Goblin Glider or whatever it was called. Also, I can see that being used for like uh, NCPD's uh, Street Patrol. I like the uh, Zaconsoli pickup truck with the giant camper shell in the back, <laughs> like the two-level camper shell. Yep. That is that is some some absolute definite nomad. Like, gotta have this. Just, you live forever out here. Needs to have uh, some more. One um, the griblies on it, like a yeah. tank tank for water and. Maybe a little biosphere hooked to the side. Oh yeah, I could. Um, I like both the muscle car representations. They're mm. very cool. Like the the Paladin Five Hundred is obviously a you know like a nineteen seventy two Ford Falcon. Just put some pretty lights on it. Um, I don't know what the thunder x is supposed to be but it's it's badass looking i i can see you know several of my characters driving that uh, yeah yeah i mean like i said the the things that kind of stood out for me in this section was the the jet boy hoverboard and the mega hauler i could see definitely either I could base a campaign around the mega hauler. Absolutely. I mean, there is a, there's a wide variety of vehicles. Um, perhaps, perhaps a wider variety than in any, any other section. I really like what they did with most of the vehicles. Yep. Um, and while a couple of them have that boxy design, most of them are varied enough that, uh, The, they're varied enough that you're never going to run out of ideas. You're never going to run out of inspiration. Yep. So the next section is uh, weapons. Um, oh, we boy. Weapons start off with the uh, grenade section, which I kind of liked. I mean, there's definitely a lot of um, selections of type of, gra of grenades. I, I like how some of them are sabotage wire, like the kill yeah. chip. And the uh, outlet explosive. Um, the outlet explosive reminds me of a game I was in in which um, one of the players, so we were contracted to do a hit on somebody. One of the players I thought was ingenious. Basically what he did was he went around, you know, we, we got into the person's apartment and he took C6 and stuck it in all the light fixtures so when the person tried to turn on the lights kaboom oh shit <laughs> that's a pretty good idea and then of course the next game yeah. i was a, a bodyguard for a corporate and they're like oh yeah so so you guys walk into the apartment do you turn on the lights i'm like god damn you <laughs> so it kind of always haunted me as a player 
that okay we we're doing this in an NPC now that the GM knows that trick is the GM going to do it against us <laughs> but yeah it's a good selection it's of always uh, the... explosives in this that's always the fear when being clever is man I've got a really great idea but if he turns around and uses it against me later I'm going to be so sad yeah um I mean, I like a lot of these weapons. Uh, I will say overall that I think some of them are just kind of goofy. Uh, oh, come on. Not all of them are goofy. I mean, the, the not, not crowd buster with the big bullhorn. I mean. Or the nomad rocker. Sure. Uh, you got your, your, your buster sword. I, I'm not. Um, I, I I love the idea of the of the rhino fist, although I'm not sure what practical application that could ever have. Mm. Well, it's kind of like the. What is it? It's, it's like a second. jackhammer, yeah. attached to your arms. But kind of um, like the uh, arc wielder. From, um, oh yeah, the arc wielder. Yeah. yeah, that's what it kind of reminds yeah. me of. Is just some hulking bodyguard in the back of some like you know two bit fixer comes out wearing this thing. Um, if it had attack two, you could see I, I... them having both arms like with these things. I love the idea of the magna knuckles that you know you're basically uh brass knuckles with an electromagnetic pulse attached to them mm -hmm. um like that's a really cool concept i'm not sure how it would work uh i don't know the idea of accidentally messing up your own stuff would be high but if you're a low if you're a low cybernetics uh user like these would be these would be your your go-to yeah a uh, a fleshy martial arts character equipped with these would be devastating yes yeah the <clears throat> other thing i thought was pretty interesting was the introduction of a boomerang um and by the way, the the graphics for most of these weapons are pretty. I like them. I know, you know, some of them are as good as others, but I think overall, I think the 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 images are well done. I mean, all throughout the book, the art is top notch. Um, the Tasmansky clove basically wolver gloves um i my only problem with that is how long they are it doesn't let's well, like they don't retract i guess but yeah but it's from like slam dance and slam dance even in the uh... slam dance likes to be over the top well they like to be over the top but if you remember the spawn blade uh you know, they, they're working with types of metals that expand and contract, and 
change form so I could see them creating something in which, you know, you pull this thing out and the claws go super long because of of the technology that they're using, whether it's some type of nanite um, feasibility. I could see them breaking a lot easier. Uh, All right. But I have to talk about it. I, I can't ignore it. <laughs> the Kandachi Monostar. Yeah. Uh, now, on the surface, it sounds really cool. It's it's a mono shuriken. It's a motorized mono shuriken. But in reality, I don't see how it could ever work. It's okay. A mono shuriken, its ball bearing center conceals a tiny solar kinetic capture power cell that hums while the star spins up between the fingers of the wielder. In a second, the weapon is spinning at full speed and begins to vibrate. Uh, I, I don't know. Unless you had specific, like, special cyber fingers just to, like, hold this thing. Yeah, I don't see how it could ever work. And as a throwing weapon, like the spinning center would actually counteract the balance, so it, it wouldn't actually turn. It it'd be like a helicopter without the tail rotor. It just it's not going anywhere. Yep. So basically, what this ends up being is a motorized fidget spinner with razor blades that would be more dangerous to the user than anybody else. Yeah, because as soon as you, uh, if if you were holding it and you tried to slice somebody, just them and the impact would push that into your own hand, and you would lose all yeah. four fingers. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't see how this could ever work in any, any manner, um, other than like if you're like. Yeah, I would just throw these. <laughs> I would not use you're... them as a melee weapon. Yeah, but even throwing them like. I don't get what the spinning is supposed to do because, like, that's not how a thrown weapon works. Like, true. Can... Like, yeah, it, it's it's not very. Every time I look at it, my brain hurts. I'll just say that. <laughs> um, but yeah, my 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 theory is it's just for like ADHD kids who are feeling particularly, you know, self harmful. Most definitely. Um, yeah, and then you get into the rifles. Uh, I like that they have one that's kind of a combination crossbow rifle. So, I I love the concept of this, and the art looks really cool. Um, it, it's a really awesome concept, but the only problem I have with it is uh you have to use archery to, your archery skill to use it um, even as a firearm yeah even as a firearm uh it's incapable of auto fire only has 10 shots in his magazine and is fired with the archery skill instead of shoulder arms despite firing bullets like i don't that just seemed like a really weird thing to add uh, but other than that, like you, you could easily house rule that out. Um, 
other than that, it's a really cool image. It's a really cool concept. That's, in fact, probably my favorite of the new weapons. Yeah, I mean, it definitely has some looks to it. And I think all the weapons are kind of unique looking, you know. Um, and to me, it seems like a few of them are very Spartan looking just because of the concept of what red is, right? Is is yeah. not so much high tech as in, anymore as trying to cobble together some type of weapon um, and get it sold. I, yeah, and some of these you look at and you like the Georgia Arms Matchmaker. Why does that even like? It looks like something somebody cobbled together out of like plumbing supplies. Uh, I'm not sure why. The idea of hand making weapons is is very cool. I don't know why it would have a manufacturer attached to it, but sure. Yeah, but a manufacturer is just a, a person in the local area that's making this weapon for the nomad market, right? Yeah, yeah, I get that. That that works. That makes sense. Because if you think about how the corporations have kind of like turned into not necessarily subsidiaries, but they're all the local branches became their own corporations, right? They didn't have a home office anymore. Um, so it's, it's interesting to see that. And, and again, you know, it, it's a Georgia arms could be, you know, this guy in the back of a truck creating these things. And it very well could be. It very well could, and most likely is, because, I mean, that definitely looks like they just took some pipes and soldered them together. He's probably a uh, Jode. So, you know. yeah. Yeah. Um, and I know... It is Saturday night special. Yeah. And then, of course, a lot of the weapons have that uh, 2077 look to them. Um, specifically, the Beast shotgun. <clears throat> I think has a, a definitely a tech weapon look from 2077 to it. Yeah. Uh, I really dug the uh, oh, the Hades multi-purpose assault shotgun. Like that has a really cool look to it. Yeah. Um, also I don't know like what the beast to wield. Yeah. Like that's some that's like those are one of those things you give up if it's pointed at you. Yeah. Um, the, while the the beast shotgun looks more like some kind of railgun type thing. Yeah. I thought we talked a little bit about the um, Militech Man uh, Mastiff SMG with the elongated barrel the and the shotgun under under barrel. Yeah. yeah. I would see the shotgun being a little, a little uh, shorter than what they depict in the picture. It it does look kind of unwieldy. Yeah, it looks forward heavy, which is not a good thing for, for a weapon. Um, There's the Militech Perseus, which the idea of it having like a brace on it yeah. is really cool. I like that option. 
Although then they go around, they then they list it as holding eleven shots when it's clearly a uh, a six round cylinder or five round cylinder. Mm. Well, the brain no, that might kind of reminds me of revolve. What was that show? Was it incorporated? No. There was some cyberpunk movie or show in which the smart guns were basically a brace like that in which it kind of guided your hand. I'm trying to remember. Yeah. What, what, what was that? I, I know what you're talking about, but it's the name of the show escapes me. But that's what that I can see the close-up on it. Yep. Um, moving down the list, uh, I kind of like the Nomad Rocker. I know you're, you're it, on the fence of that. It, <laughs> it, Listen, I, I used to play Warhammer Fantasy role-playing, so a blunderbuss was always the weapon of choice. I and mean, it's neat. Like, it's a it's a good idea. Uh, some of these, I, I I literally just have to like turn off my brain to make them work. Um, I don't want to claim to be a gun guy necessarily, but yeah, I mean it it works. Uh. And it's only one shot, so it makes sense. It just seems like a bit. It seems like a bit much, uh, tech-wise, for how simple a concept it is. Yeah. You know what I mean? It, it's like the super high-tech double-barreled shotgun in Cyber. Yeah. Why? Um, we got about eight minutes left. So, any other weapon you'd like to flag out? Uh, for um, me, I know it looks very simplistic and very odd-looking, but the Sternmeyer MO4 variable, right? Variable assault. Um, I don't know. I, I like just, it. Yeah, it has this weird design look to it that just definitely has some type of weird fashion to it, uh, and definitely a, a unique look to it. Um. I mean, there's weapons there for every taste. Uh, I sounded overly critical, maybe. Um, I don't know that I'll ever be able to get over the motorized fidget spinner, but uh, I mean, the rest of it, it works. It's it's very in line with what Red's doing. Yep. Uh, and then Black Chrome <laughs> presents uh, a book or a section about the economy, why the economy is the way it is. Um, how it works, why it works, to give you kind of an understanding, because I think some people are just like, I, I don't understand why, how the world works <laughs> without I know, mean, the economy base that we live in today, you know? In our review of Red, we struggled greatly trying to understand, you know, how the economy was supposed to work. So it's nice to see them revisit it and maybe try to answer some of those questions. Yes. Um, I like that they give lifestyle details for at least, you know, 
on your income level, what your what your what your survival looks like. You've got at the low end, you're eating kibble for you know 100 EB a month. Um, at the high end, you're eating fresh food for 1500 a month. Uh, it's it was necessary. It needed this. And it's nice to see them go back and revisit. <clears throat> so they present uh, a bunch of different night markets at the conclusion. This is by far my favorite section of the book. I just, I, I love this section. Um, I love that it fleshes out the night markets. If you use anything from this book at all, use this. So which, I like which market are you going to be heading to? Uh, I mean, they're all neat, but uh, I'm going to go hang out with, uh, let, me, let me find it again. Um, oh, I passed it. Woodchipper? Molly? Woodchipper. That's the one. I'm going to be hanging out at Woodchipper's Block Party. Holy shit, is that shit cool. Yeah, I think my, most of my characters will be hanging out with Three Piece. Three Piece is the, by far the most professional looking of the group? Yep. Um, yeah. I love these ready-made fixers who can get you what you need. Um, I love the different representations of the vibes of various uh, night markets. Um, I, I love most of the art here. Uh, Miss Mina's personal night market is is really cool like i like the idea that it's inside a mall and they've just kind of taken it over yep well <clears throat> got three minutes to nine so i think we're kind of out of time um we crank this out so <laughs> one last thing we have to do in the future yeah um again the art in this book was fantastic uh, I like a lot of the a, a lot of the stuff they've done with it, um, and I like that a lot of it can be you know retroactive uh, or retrograded to use with your 2020 games, which yep. is you know, my, my first love always lies. Uh, I would recommend it. Um, we waited a long time to see it, and it's here, and it's good. There's even an update for it, uh, which adds a little bit of stuff. Yeah, the exotics. I forgot well, about that. Got to mention that. But yeah. Extra yeah. fashion. Uh even throw in some good some nice little tokens at the back for uh you know use on your on your battle maps and what. Yep. Uh so yeah, I definitely recommend Black Chrome. Um it's got a ton of contributors. It's nice to see the community coming together for this. Uh, and I can't wait yeah. for volume two. <laughs> no, definitely can't wait for volume two or uh, 
what is it rusty chrome uh rust chrome um yeah uh, talking with james uh, seems like they're not sure exactly where they're going to go with the with the product lines but it would be nice to see that um again and we'll see what happens you know yeah i i definitely think the the nomad uh the nomad community needs to be fleshed out more um and would uh, well that's that's my personal jam yep uh I, I'm very much looking forward to whatever Bartel Sorian's doing with this stuff. Like I said, anything to keep the franchise alive and, and ongoing, I support. Agreed. So, with that said, um, thank you for listening to uh, us to uh, ramble on about various subjects around cyberpunk. Um, I am CyberSmiley. You can find me at cybersmiley.net. I know I haven't done a lot of updates of late. Um, real life and other things have been going on, so I haven't gotten back to my site quite yet. Um, I do have ideas cooking in my brain. It's just taking pen to paper, you know, and getting it done. So uh, I also have my own um, Discord, which is uh, there's a link on my site. Uh, I also go or am on <laughs> quite a few uh discord servers uh, i hang out so if there's if you do an at cyber smiley good chance it's me if it's a cyberpunk discord server i'm also on reddit uh i cruise that uh more of a a lurker than than uh, an actual uh creator but i'm afraid i'm not on any other uh social media that's where you can check me out. I am Wisdom Triple Zero, otherwise known as Derek Bernier. You can find me at Data Fortress 2020. Um, uh, DataFortress2020.com. I'm also on Facebook uh, under the Cyberpunk 2020 groups, as well as the Data Fortress 2020 groups. I lurk Reddit. I don't hang out on Twitter. Um, uh, feel free to reach out to us and with your comments, complaints, and criticism <laughs> or, and suggestions. Yep. Uh, and we look forward to hearing from you. We always uh, we're always grateful to anybody who's listening to us. And definitely and, uh, check out all the other Cybernation Uncensored uh, stuff. There's yeah. a lot of live play, uh, a lot of great stuff that um, Rob and a bunch of the other GMs are are producing um on this channel and there's also one that they're doing on, or what rob's doing on sirenscape great stuff uh he has a discord server join that uh join the community um and i guess that's about it until next time right yeah as always we'd like to thank rob and cybernation uncensored for hosting us uh Definitely. we'd like to thank you for listening in and uh, we look forward to seeing you. Uh, what's what's the next date? Uh, it's going to be next next month, June fifth, June seventh. All right, June seventh. June seventh. Is that the first Wednesday? Really? That's the first Wednesday. Wow. Yeah. Uh, yeah, June seventh. Two week hiatus. Yeah. Hopefully, uh, hopefully I'll have somebody lined up for an interview. If not, it'll it'll still be a good show. Mm -hmm. Thank you again for listening.
most definitely. All right, everyone. See you later. Bye. Bye. Thank you.